host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight again is Josh Cacho to help us preview the postseason El Trafico that we're playing tomorrow. Josh, how you doing, man? Good. I mean, obviously, you know, the anytime you head into an El Trafico, there's that sense of chaos and and just, you know, no matter how well you're playing, no matter how bad the guys could be playing or vice versa, there's always that sense of like, kind of just throw your hands up in the air and say, what happens, happens, because that's about the generally the result of this game, right? Is it like it, nothing usually follows suit, right? In terms of what, what your expectations are coming in. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you just kind of have to sit back and enjoy it a little bit, I guess. The, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing predictable about these matchups at all, ever, other than to predict chaos and you'll be right. Um, obviously, Galaxy have uh, kind of run away with a lot of these matches. Uh, not so many. I think they, they only have one win at the bank. Do I have that right? Or they haven't won at the bank? No, they have won at the bank. We haven't won at Dignity. Um, but a lot of draws um, at the bank. Uh, we've, we've managed to get a handful of wins. But, I mean, overall, the Galaxy have the better of LAFC. So it's one of those things where it's like you have a Supporter Shield winning season and now you're up against the Galaxy in the first, in the first, uh, in the first round of, well, second round of the playoffs, your first round of the playoffs um, if you're LAFC. And there's a lot of nerves because you'd like to be able to say, okay, we're playing against Nashville. We know what they're going to do. We can come out and, and try and counter that. But against the Galaxy, even though you know what they're going to do, you have to be ready for just the amount of sheer chaos that, that occurs in the in these matches, especially within the first 20 to 25 minutes, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I think... <clears throat> I feel like in this particular situation, though, like I'm, I'm a bit comforted by the fact that we've been in this exact same position before, right, in 2019, seeing them in that first round or in the conference semi-final right uh, round like mm-hmm. you said that was the Zlatan 5-3 game um, yeah. know, where Dio just sends him home back in um, so it is one of these situations where you know like obviously this team has turned over incredibly since since the 2019 season right but at the same time I am comforted by the fact that like the you know the Carlos Velas of the world have been there before you know Gareth Bale's you know health was notwithstanding um, have been in these big pressure situations. Giolini has been in big pressure situations, you know, and and mag- magnify that by times a hundred for those guys, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's not like we're rolling into this one with Brian Rodriguez, right, being the focal point of what you're at. You know, you're not asking a 19 year old, you know, Diego Rossi to have to be the focal point of your attack at this point, right? It's it's Carlos Vela. And a lot of guys who have been there and done that mm-hmm. previously um, in a big situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, obviously it's you never know what to expect. But at the same time, given given the pedigree, given, you know, again, the better makeup of this team, I don't I do expect them to react a bit better than we've had than we have in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, th- I think you are 100 percent right there with the idea that. 
and we've talked about it for a long time. Everybody's talked about it. It's very clear what LAFC have done, where they've gone out and hired a bunch of veterans uh, to help you hopefully get over these kind of like big game jitters, if you will. Um, a guy like Chiellini on the back line is somebody that you trust in any match, in any tournament. So I like the MLS the MLS Cup playoffs should not face him whatsoever, right? Um, and you have other guys that have had with plenty of playoff experience, so I think you're fine. Champions League experience uh, as well. So I this is um, if they come out and they are they still have that kind of like starstruck. I'm using that term. I. I I don't want LAFC fans to get mad at us, but I don't know what else to call it. This like weird thing where they come out against galaxy and they'll concede early goals because it's just, it's all, it's like as if they don't know the game has started yet. Sometimes when they play them, um, I, it, it, I mean, how many, how many times do, would you say that we've had, we've seen like a random early goal from Pavone or, or whoever, right. Um, that just happens like in the first 10, 15 minutes. And it seems like, well, all everything's out the window now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I want to say it hasn't been since the very first matchup, right. In, in which Lawton pulled them back from the dead that mm. I felt like we were in control, right. Cause that was the game where right from the, right from the get go, LAFC were just, you know, what it was like three, nothing. It was three, nothing. Yeah. Right. And that was the last time I feel like we maybe even carried a like a, a comfortable lead. I think the next time the they played at Dignity, they got an early lead and LAFC then did? lost it again. Yeah. Because I know it seems like they went up one nothing. Yeah, like next it, time it's usually like one like because most of the games following that have been like one nil. Yeah. Two one, three two, you know, like yeah, like like 19 season, right? You lose 3-2 at Dignity, you know, and then you tie 3-3 at home in the second matchup. And then the next one, next time you play them is in the, in the playoffs, right? And then that's the 5-3. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it, it these these games have not been, have generally not been lopsided by any means, right? And then I think the one... The one specifically to point out is the, um, the or the only one that really has been out of hand for any team has been was the Open Cup game, right? There was an Open Cup game, and then also the no, it was um, the MLS is back, the MLS six two, back, right? Six two, right? And yeah. then the Open Cup game where we got throttled, yeah, right? Yeah. Where the two games were like they either team clearly just dominated the other one, yeah, right? yeah. But beyond that, right? It's always been like a tight affair where it's coming down to the wire and you know, you're like, okay, this is, this is going to be tight. Right. But yeah. the thing is the, I feel like since the bit, since the beginning of July, the team has generally rose to the occasion, right. With the exception of the Austin game, but you know, there's a lot of fluky things that have happened, have been happening to that point, but you know, you come in there, you, you know, you, you know, you know, you beat the Sounders. You know, obviously the Sounders gonna make the playoffs, but it's a game that you know you have to win there. You know, you beat. You know, you're beating good teams along the way, right? Until your little, you know, late season hiccup. And so again, and some of that has to do with the roster rotation and all these different things that we've talked about over the 
last couple of weeks on the pod. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's, again, trying to predict the game, try to predict this game, trying to kind of come up with an explanation for why things happen the way they do is futile. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things here that I want to get into. A couple of the storylines that have come out. Uh, Steve Terundolo was asked if this is the biggest game of his career. Um, he said no, which is probably true. Um, but something about the way that both he and Bob from the start have just said, this is just one, it's, it's just another game. It's just another game. And I get it. This is coach speak. They're just trying to get out of the interview so they don't get fined, right? Um, but something, I, I, I don't think galaxy treats us the same, treats this rivalry the same way. Um, and at this point, I think there is so much belief on their side that they are always going to win it, that they can almost treat it like any other game because it's house money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where LAFC, like, I, I honestly don't know what's best if it's to like level with them and say, Hey, this is not any other game. This is galaxy in the playoffs. So there's all sorts of different implications here. And I don't know what's best to, to get the team ready to go. Or if you just say, Hey, we're better, which they are, they're a better team overall. Uh, They performed much better this year, but is that the route? Is that the correct route to take? Just saying, Nope, just one more game. We're going to play the same way. And it's going to work. What do you think? So <clears throat> we're going to go ahead and put our coaching hats on here. Both you and I coach. You know, obviously you you're, you coach soccer. You know, I coach American football, right? And when you look at the sports psychology of the situation, and it's funny because I would just over, over the last couple of days had some time to spend. I have had some time to spend with a former professional athlete. And kind of just getting into the into his mind about how how he prepared for things you know and how he looks at things and i at this high of a level it's a much different conversation yeah um that yeah. you're gonna have because i think when you're speaking to kids when you're speaking to high schoolers right you you do have to come up with that mindset because you know with with the approach of it's just another game right mm-hmm um and again i think that's the sound bite for you know that that is the sound bite that they're giving out to the media and it's what you're going to continue to hear from the team and so on and so forth because it's in a in extremely controlled media environment what none of the coaches want is just more distractions not necessarily more um more anticipation for the game by any means, right? I think at this level, everyone knows what's at stake, right? They know they've been here before, all these different things. But I think what ends up happening is that at the profession level, when the media is involved, what you don't want is just to have a million questions about the same things over and over and over and over again, comparatively to what we would do in a situation where, you know, where you, you know, where you can see, you know, you're going to give them the stock answer of, oh, this is what you're going to get. And this is what you're going to see. This is what you're going to expect. And that's it, right? Like, and the media doesn't have much to work with, right? They're going to spend more time speculating. They're going to spend more time, you know, doing, you know, like 
making this trying to make the storyline as opposed to you creating the storyline for them kind of thing and i yeah. think that's generally the biggest difference is that again the i think at the professional level i think it's understood and i think the coaching staff is is very real with the players because i think to not do that with professionals you're going to feel like you're being treated like an idiot right yeah. at least that, that's how i would feel yeah right it's like Again, as a professional in your professions, don't don't sugarcoat it. Tell me exactly what needs to be to be done. This yeah. is what the, this is where the stakes are, and we'll either we're either going to fail or going to succeed. That's it, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 not a um, like it is a zero sum game to a certain degree, right? Like it's either one or it's black or white, as opposed to the situation with you know again at at lower levels of football where we're now. We're now having to consider again what what is our what are our players' psychology like, right? In the sense of what are we actually playing this for, right? And a lot of times for the average athlete at at the younger age, it's not for much, right? It's for the enjoyment of the game because we want them to fall in love with it, all these different things to learn to take practical lessons from from athletics. At the professional level. There's no lessons to be learned at that point, right? Like yeah, you're not in it yeah. for a lesson. You're in it. You're in it for results. So I think, like I said, it, to me, it's coaches speak because of the media, as opposed to, you know, actually them having to like sure trying to like bring down nerves. Yeah, you know? no, I I agree with that. I I agree with the idea that I think when I when I hear a coach say this, what I really hear is it's just a game, and if. Like if we lose, I don't want to hear you saying, "Hey, you just lost the biggest game of your career," according to you. So, mm-hmm. what's up, right? I, to me, there's like, and this is what bothers me. I think about it is that there's there's. I think it's hedging is what it is. I think I think if you really get down to it, it's it's you trying to play the media and hedging a little bit, um, and it can be completely separate from what you do with the team, right? That's that's fine. Uh, there's an interesting anecdote. Yeah, if you've seen uh, Take the Ball, Pass the Ball, you can watch it on on Netflix. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was like a Champions League semifinal or something where Pep uh, had the had somebody. I think it was like one of the editors from Gladiator. He made this. He had he like made this highlight video of all the Barca players, and he like put the Gladiator theme music over it, and. Uh, and it's interesting to see to hear these Barca players talk about it because they're like, I was ready to go kill somebody, right? Mm. Just run out onto the field and like I was so pumped up. And then they played terrible, like worse than they ever had to start a to start a match. I mean, so sometimes then, you can overamp players because of the moment. But then also it's like Pep is also a guy he, himself that constantly will overthink the biggest games. Right. Mm. So it's like, mm. you know, like that's why when you were talking about earlier, it's like do you really just want someone who will say it to him straight? Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. How many times did Jose, Mar- you know, Jose Mourinho just be like, yeah, they're better than us. We're, you know, and we're going to, yeah, yeah. we're going to come get you or whatever, yeah. you know, like super Frank, there's no, there's no sugarcoating whatsoever. You don't know, you know, how, and, and when it goes well for you, that it plays really well yeah. in the media, it plays well for everyone. Right. When guys don't respond to it, you lose a locker room. Right. So, right. You know, so I, I think the last thing I want to say on this is um, even though I think it is hedging, 
part of me still hears that and says, oh, they're just, they're not going to do it. Like, there's no, there's no major alterations to the game plan. And I think this is probably like Bob Bradley still uh, in my mind where it's just like, we play the same way every single time. There's no, there aren't really a whole lot of tactical adjustments from, from week to week. That's an oversimplification. Of course there are, there are things that they want to target based on who they're playing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you do need to make a few adjustments um, in this match to, to find a little more success. Um, I don't, I don't think it takes much. It's not, it's not something earth shattering. I think it's just a couple of things that you can look for in order to, in order to have more success against a team that is kind of resurgent. Um, so, and we can get into the, what I think those are. I do want to get into a couple narratives though, because LAFC have kind of limped their way into the playoffs. Um, Got it. They clinched the shield a week early, right? They won, you know, they won when they had to, but then they lost against Nashville. Uh, but they had this weird, uh, they had this weird stretch on the road where they kept losing games, and like you said, it was due to rotations and working guys in and injuries and whatever. Um, where the Galaxy have been the exact opposite, right? They've, um, they've been on a bit of a tear. Now, granted, there's some context missing there as well, um, where I think out of the last 10 or 11 uh, matches that they've played, almost all of their wins have come against teams that are now eliminated from the playoff or were eliminated from the play. I like didn't even make the playoffs. Um, so there's a level of competition thing that you have to bake into what we're talking about when we talk about galaxy, but to say that they're not any different since Pooj and, and Brugman have joined, it would be uh, malpractice on our part. Absolutely, right? You know, but let's let's go back and look, right? So they beat Houston mm-hmm. on decision day. Yeah. Right? They drew Real Salt Lake, playoff team. They beat San Jose 3-2, to two, beat Colorado 4-1, lost to Vancouver 3-0, drew Nashville, and Nashville is playing with a man down 1-1, drew Sporting KC, drew Toronto, um, drew Seattle... Lost to SKC four two, right? I I can't like, I don't know. Like they've been good, but have they been unstoppable? Yeah. Like I don't know. Getting getting beat three nothing by Vancouver, in, you know, in in early in September doesn't feel like a you know like a a juggernaut to me. Right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, like but they, like they, I mean, look at look at what LAFC out. did against against Vancouver and against San Jose, like down the stretch. Right. So I think that's where I think the context, like you're saying is important for those games. It's not like, it's not like they got Pooj and all of a sudden they were Barcelona themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, but then even then, so like for, you know, I see you have that little stretch where you lose to San Jose, Austin and Houston. Right. Then you mm-hmm. beat Real Salt Lake 2 know, Right, that was the game that we watched together. Right, we lose to FC Dallas on a fluky thing because Hongside gets that red card. Hongside? Yeah, and then the and then the weird free kick goal. I yes. I think it was I think it was Escobar. Hollingshead mm-hmm. was a different game, right? Escobar got a second. Yellow. No, Hollingshead. Hollingshead. Red card in the thirteenth okay. minute. Okay. Right. So then you draw Minnesota, then you beat Houston three one, and then you beat Portland two one. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah, because they they slipped away from from they slipped out of like 
dominant position. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then they then but then they pull it together when they need it the most. Right. Versus right. a Philadelphia team, right, that that folded, right, when they yeah. when they had yeah. the shield in their grasp. So like the, mm-hmm. like winning the shield, you know, was up to them at that point, right? And then they they ended up losing out. And then, you know, then you look at the galaxy and like, okay, they had to do that to get into four. Right, because they had played poorly leading up to that point. Yeah, right? Again, yeah. the the thing about the galaxy, right, is that, like I said, they they're they're gonna have some talent, right? Like because they're willing to spend. Right? Mm-hmm. They're the second second most spending team in the league, you know, behind Toronto. Um, but again, they they haven't always been able to, you know, figure out how to put all that talent together. Yeah, and I'm still not quite sure they figured it out. It's better because of the presence of a guy like Ricky Gooch. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, right, like you still have Douglas Costa and, you know, and Grand Seer and, and, um, what's his name? Cabral, right? Like yeah. the, those are the yeah. other, they are the forwards. And, and again, and their, and their most effective forward formation has been a 4 3 3, right? But the issue that comes up is that for them to get a actual, Another proven goal scorer on the field, they have to switch into a four four two, which they don't play nearly as well, right? And it kind yeah. of takes, you know, it it takes that take you know, that takes Pooj out of where he needs to be as well. Mm-hmm. So unless you're going to play like a four four two diamond or something like that, but even then, you're you're you almost get in too narrow, right? And it and again, yeah, I'm, I'm I think I sure. think I think them going to a four four two diamond would be pretty detrimental, to be honest with you. I, I don't I don't think. I think LAFC would be able to pull that apart pretty easy, uh, even without their or even with their like. Uh, they've kind of punted their focus on possession, but they can still pull that apart pretty easy. But yeah, yeah, I, man, it's. Uh, I think I think you hit on something there though. They always have a certain amount of talent, so they always produce moments, right? When you think mm-hmm. about these Galaxy games, it's like there's a handful of moments where you see brilliance from galaxy players, whether it's Jonah Dos Santos, Christian Pavone, obviously Zlatan, right? Um, that's what you see from them. There's like a big time player doing some big time things sometimes, not always. Right. And I think that's, again, it gets back to that, that level of unpredictability with these games where you just don't know. Sometimes the galaxy come out against LAFC and they just roll over and die and you beat them six, two. Well, but but that's that's a factor of the Galaxy roster build generally having been overly focused on top on the top end. Yes, right. And yes. LAFC was victim of that in last year and the year in the, year, mm-hmm. in the last well, actually since their existence and up until this year, right? It has been the top end of the roster that's had to drag them through moments. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right, where it's like unless. Bella and Rossi are scoring 60 goals a season. Yep. Right. You see what happens in subsequent years when Bella comes back down to earth, you know, and Rossi produces what you would, you know, like, you know, even, even in a golden boot winning season for Rossi. Yeah. Right. And Bella and Bella's hurt or whatever it may be. It, it's still not quite where it needs to be. Right. Yeah, because yeah, those guys yeah. aren't performing in a superhuman level. It, for the Galaxy to win, Gooch and Chicharito have to be the best players on the field. Yeah. And if they're not, they generally don't win, right? Versus this LAFC team is deep enough that should, say Carlos Vela 
isn't what, you know, isn't having a great game. You have Kale coming off the bench. You have a Gareth Bale coming. Yeah, off the bench. yeah. You do have a lot more firepower to plug into those particular situations, and the and and the platform by which all those guys operate is extremely steady, right? Yep. In the sense that you're gonna have like the you know that midfield that backline is not there for glory moments, right? Like, yeah. You don't you don't have Mark Anthony K trying to make a line breaking pass every single opportunity, right? You don't have you know Latif trying to you know again um, trying to you know shake you know dribble through five Galaxy players in his own you know in in you know inside the eighteen his own right. eighteen, right? Yeah. You know in this situation you have a lot more heady guys and again because the interesting thing is like this matchup I think plays well into having, you know, potentially like not having, not needing to play Murray, right? And using a Segura. Yeah, I disagree on that, but we'll get to that, yeah. For me, yeah, we'll get to that. Because for me, I look at the, I look at a thing where it's like, okay, if you can control possession a little bit more in this, in this particular situation with Chiellini and Segura, because you're not going up against a Zlatan where you need, you need that physicality. I think, you know, maybe maybe you're in a better, in better shape there. Because you can you can use Segura as almost like a David Alba type center back, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see them doing that with Segura at all. Like, I don't, I, I just don't think they're going to do that. It, just because we haven't seen it. But mm-hmm. um, so let's let's talk about formations here a little bit, and then let's get into the personnel thing because I do think, like you said, that they're like Galaxy's best formation now is a four three three because yeah, you want Chicharito up top, right? You got to have that three man midfield with Brugman and and uh, and Pooj. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then Marky Delgado's there. So when you like tactically, when you look at a four three three against a four three three, there obviously you're you're matched up almost equally across all these uh, across all these uh, uh, parts of the formation, right? I. At its most basic level, you have a numerical superiority with your back line against their front line. Um, so when you are man for man in the midfield, uh, you know, with the depth in the midfield, meaning like vertical, like the verticalness, I don't want to use verticality because then I'll sound like great Burhalter, but you have two attacking mids against a defensive midfielder, right? And I think LAFC can threaten Brugman with, with both Acosta and, and Sifu. I don't know that they threaten in the same way that Pooj does combined with Delgado against Ilya, just because Ilya is not, he's not a destroyer of a midfielder, right? Um, and then the front three, I, I, I'm not worried about their front three against our back four at all, really. Um, Chicharito's going to, like, Chiellini can neutralize him on his own. I, I'm not worried about that at all. And then their wingers, like you said, you have Costa, who's cooked, and you have maybe Grantier, maybe maybe Cabral, but like none of them are all that important. Yeah, because you're, you're like you, the one guy that would scare me outside the outside of Chicharito is Yobo. but yeah, you have yeah. to play a four four two, and that changes the dynamic of how they play. Yeah, right. And so, because for me, I think I think LAFC just tries to bypass the midfield at all times. We haven't seen this team really try to play through the middle of the park nearly as much as we have in the past. It's yeah, find Bella out on the wing out wide, right? Which is kind of like that older, old, 
old a little bit of a, a throwback to you know like you know the you know like the Manson teams as it was Sterling out on the out on the out of pipeline, yeah. right? And then it's that you know Wanga and and Arango off to the races. Yeah, yeah. I I do think beating people. Yeah. So when on the reverse side of that, right? I think our front three against their back four is a nightmare, right? People keep talking about Koulibaly and uh, who's the other the the center back that they got the Uruguayan. Uh, I forget his name. Can't remember his name. Uh, They they are better than have historically been a Galaxy. But I don't think I'd like Julian Araujo and Raheem Edwards don't worry me at all. They don't worry me at all um, when it comes to defending Boanga and and Vela, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when when you look at that, I think those three Chicho, Boanga, and and Vela can undo the, that back four almost on their own, right? And I do think, like you said, you want you want Vela picking up the ball in front of Edwards one on one. And start making them shift and making making them guess on where it's going to go. You want Boanga using his pace to get in behind Araujo, so Koulibaly has to come over. And now it's Chicho on again Uruguayan center back whose name is escaping uh, me. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And then and then who's not a natural center back? I believe he's had been an outside back for them for the longest. Not that okay. Uruguay really played you know progressive fullbacks by yeah, basically yeah, basically a back you know like a back eight with Cavani. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And but then, if, but I mean, then if Bawanga's the one in behind, like, I trust Vela to get open against Raheem Edwards. I just mm-hmm. do. Like, I, Raheem Edwards, you guys all know how I feel about him. Uh, but to me, that's that's the matchup you want, is you want Bawanga on Araujo and, and Vela on, on Bawanga. I, Vela on Edwards, I'm sorry. Um, to be honest with you, I might even consider flipping them so like you said you can almost maximize how far apart they're they're playing and really stretch that back line horizontally mm-hmm. um because vela's still gonna have plenty of uh, of space and to attack and, and success against julian araujo and bowanga will exploit raheem edwards uh tendency to not ever get back when he needs to with his pace um so you could almost play with traditional full wingers as well if you want for, and, for parts I mean, of this. And Araujo's been pushing up super far, high up as well. Like I said, I, I it's it's weird to think yes. that any that people have been that a team would push their fullbacks up higher than we have. You yeah, know, yeah. As of late, but I th- I think I think it's cooled off a little bit since they've gone to the four three three and they have Pooj, Right. Mm-hmm. To me, this is why you need a good midfield performance because you want to tempt them to bring their forwards up. Right. If you can neutralize uh, the midfield from creating, and part of that is, again, just neutralizing Chicharito with Chiellini because Pooch can play 100 perfectly weighted through balls, and as long as uh, Chiellini is neutralizing Chicharito, that's still a scary prospect to me, mm-hmm. right? Chicharito one-on-one in the box with balls being fed in from, from Pooch, but um, that's another way that you can neutralize that midfield. But if yeah. you go man for man and you do it well, then I think you can tempt them to start getting Raheem and and Julian Araujo forward, and then once you get that, like you, all you got to do is get a turnover, yeah. and like you said, think, play quickly. Because I think defensively and even offensively, I I don't see Acosta pushing up that high, right? Mm. I think I, I, I yeah, I I don't think you can afford it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think generally what we've seen as of late is 
LAFC sit in the mid in the mid block four four two, right on 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 defense, right they they pull they pull um, Buanga back that to that left wing, like that left winger position in that uh, left midfield, right, and then I think it's generally been either Sifu or Casa that pushes out a little bit wider on the right hand side, right, but then you you can just get basically, you know. If Acosta sits in next to next to Ilya, and you just basically just look to neutralize Pooch there, yeah, you know, one high, one low, you know, if you're going to do that, and then again, you're going to find Bella, or if you play Bella at that right midfield, and you know, look to find look to find him out there, and he'll look to distribute him as he cuts in from the wing, yeah. and then it turns into your into your possession four three three, you know, look, which is again more of a Four one two one two, right? Kind of like how Madrid has played, and we talked about this. Like mm-hmm. I said, Bella playing more in that Isco role, where he's just picking the ball up really far on the wing, and then cutting inside, and then making decisions from there. But he's yeah, your, he's your Bella is your de facto ten. Yeah, I think I think if you do that, like if, if he pulls back on the ball, <clears throat> and then he finds Boanga one on one with with Araujo, I but to, I still want Vela running at Raheem. And just as I want Boanga running it at Julian Araujo. For sure. I mean, because I think Bella will... I mean, the thing that I think... I, what I love about both Bella and Boanga in these situations is those guys will take up the space, right? That's yeah. the thing that we've always talked about. It's like, there's a bunch of guys on LFC who would always just pull the trigger pull the trigger way too early. Yeah. And often let just let the turnovers. Versus what you've seen from Ilya, from Acosta, from Bella, basically anyone else, like... If you subtract Sifu and, and Latif from that equation, all the rest of now your midfielders and attackers are all guys who will take up the space, draw defenders, and make a play. Yeah, right? yeah. Those are the two guys that generally don't. And Sifu, offensively, is your free runner now. Mm-hmm. Right? That that's kind of his new role. Is it's like he just free runs in, into the you know into the half space and tries to you know make you know play off of Buanga or play off of Chicho at that point. So yeah. again, he's not asked to create, which is great because he's it's not his skill set. He'll finish, he'll make plays, but again, I don't think he's he's there to try and create for other people. I think you have Bella to do that, and then again, Costa and Ilya should provide that platform from by which they can operate. And again, Delgado is the one guy that I think if you can take him out of the game, it 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 forces them to have to do things because Brugman is not a guy that you that gets too involved in build up, right? He's there to just kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, recycle and break up play. So, I mean, the other thing that you can do here is you can uh, you can invert your fullbacks a little bit, bring them into the midfield to help give you some more. And this is going like being more pragmatic with Mm -hmm. with Terundolo, right? Not forcing them so far forward because I don't think you need two v ones. Like Hollingshead doesn't need to help out Vela on the right side to get past Raheem. He just doesn't. Is it going to happen plenty of times tomorrow night? Yeah, it will. But like, it's not one of those things you have to look for. If you bring your midfield, your your fullbacks into the midfield to help overload that midfield, uh, which uh, to me the most talented midfielder on for either team will be Pooch, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's by quite a large margin. You, I think there could have been ar- an argument for Sifu earlier in the year, but he's just kind of disappeared lately. Um, so. I mean, he's like the kind of midfielder that we always talk about in terms of like creativity. That's what you and I have always argued for. But he's not going to get so involved defensively. So you bring in a couple extra defenders into the midfield just to help you on counter on 
you know, counterattacks and everything. And then you allow, this is counter to what you were saying, but you can then allow Acosta and, and Sifu to do the, their thing Ooh. in the attack. And with those two flanking either side of Brugman, now you can start to unbalance the defense even earlier. So there's yeah. a couple of, like, there's multiple ways that you can skin this cat. And the good thing for LAFC is they're capable of doing, they're capable of beating them multiple ways. Where I think Galaxy have to, like, it, it's a, they're a one trick pony, right? It's mm -hmm. from Pooj to Chicho, uh, Chicharito, right? Or it's a moment of absolute brilliance, but fleeting brilliance from Araujo or, or, Edwards. I mean, it's, right. it's nothing, nothing they're going to be able to count on. Right. right at that point. Right. You're, go, you're right. back to talking about big moments with Galaxy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, again, in, in that, in, with those moments, right? Like you, the reason why you bring in an Iliad, the reason why you bring in a, in, in a Chiellini is to limit the big moments from happening. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's basically just like, hey, we've been here. We've done this before. You know, take a deep breath. We're good. Yeah. Right? Because again, when, when you have guys playing with composure, right, as opposed to what we've seen in terms, you know, generally what we've seen is everyone playing extremely frantic, right? Yeah. And then Carlos Vela doing Carlos Vela things. Right. It's generally how most of these games have gone, right? If Vela's even there. Yeah. So one other thing before we get to the center backs is I do think, I do think you have to be uh, on the front foot in this one. I think they need to score probably first. Uh, I think if they can, if they concede, they can probably still hold them and beat them two one. But I think if they concede two goals, it's going to be really tough. Not, it, not even necessarily going down to two nothing. Like if they concede one pull equal concede another, I think, it, I think that's a tall order for LAFC to do uh, with the way their, their attack has there's plenty of attacking talent, but there's just like we talk about, there's no platform in the midfield that is that you can really count on to generate all those chances consistently in this kind of playoff environment. We just have, we just don't see it all that often um, from them. So uh, I, I do think you have to be on the front fit, I, the front foot. I think you run at those fullbacks because it, here's, here's the thing. Where is LAFC deepest on the wings, right? Mm -hmm. We have, I, like an absurd number of wingers, right? Uh, and that's where all the talent is on this team is on the wings. And where is Galaxy the weakest? Probably at fullback, right? I know Julian Araujo has been up and down and he's, you know, last season I think he was best 11 in the league and this season it hasn't been so great. But anyway, if you can force a yellow card on either Araujo or, or Edwards in the first half because you're just running at them all the time and making them defend clearly superior players. Now at 60 minutes, you have, I think Gareth Bale is questionable for tomorrow, but even still you have a Poku or Teo coming in right at worst for Boanga or Vela. And now you, that, that threat almost amps up, right? Because now you're tired. You're already on a yellow. Mm. You have been defending somebody one way for 60 minutes and now a completely different player comes on fresh to, to continue running at you. So to me, that's why you got to be on the front foot and push it from the beginning. Um, score, score a goal in the first 30, 35 minutes and just, and just keep the foot on the gas. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think, I'm, I think I'm with you in the sense that like if LAFC scores first, I, I foresee an avalanche coming. Yeah. Right? That's kind of yeah. how things go. 
if Galaxy scores first, it's going to be tight. But if you yeah, win, it's exactly. Exactly. If you win, it's 2-1, you know, PK, something along the line, if, if you can see first. Because again, especially teams coming into the bank playing away, if they score first, they're not looking to do much after that. Yeah, it's just escape, right? Yeah. And Galaxy have to to fancy their chances. Nab an early goal in the first 15 to 20 minutes. And bunker. Bunker, defend like crazy, force them to play through you. Worst case scenario, they equalize and we go to extra time and then we go to penalties. Granted, for them, they don't want to go to penalties, right? Because they've been dreadful uh, there. But uh, that's that's what I I have to believe that's what they're going to do. So. I, I mean, what, what I probably want to see early, though, is I need to see a midfielder. Um, one of the midfielders just set the tone. Like, yeah. I need Sifu to take an early yellow and just demolish. <laughs> right? It's, have do you, you, have do you, you start Latif Blessing just so you can get an no, early cause yellow I cause I and don't then pull think, him? Because I don't think half. Latif gives you what you need there. Have no, you, he, have, doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, in terms of even setting the tone there, right? So have you? Yeah, seen that's true. That, that's true. Have you seen the um, the Redeem Team documentary? Yeah. On, on when on when Kobe runs straight through Powell. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That that it's one of those things where, like, especially when you have a group of guys who are ultra talented, yeah, like, who who have that ability to rest, you know, who have the talent to be able to rest upon, mm-hmm. right? Like, like. These are guys that can rest on their talent. They're that good. Yeah. And often do it too much. Right. But when you have that guy, now maybe it's Vela, right? If like tell me, if you tell me Carlos Vela is going to just whack Ricky Puchin to the fourth row, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me that that team plays with their head on fire and wins eight. You could do it. He could he could do it on I mean anybody could do it on Edwards too. Edwards steps into the midfield and Acosta just levels him. Right, yeah, but, but, but you want again, you want to see the one... bank explode. I, I get I get that it's not Pooj, right? It's not like yeah. the guy that you're going through. But if you want the bank to absolutely explode, go in early on on Raheem Edwards as he tries to to dribble through a bunch of nonsense. Right? Yeah, concede a free kick at, at midfield. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's it's one of those ones where you like you said you set the tone. You know, you you give him a little bit of of Kobe on pal. Um, yeah. And again, and I think it, I think it sets the tone for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to often, you know, because I think that's what Zlatan always did. Yep. Right. And and love him or hate him, right? The one thing that he always did was set the tone by which the game was to be played. Yeah. Right. And often he could get you so off balance by the things he said, the, his antics, the things he did. Yep. That now you're in his world. And maybe, I, I think I think that's the main reason LAFC still struggles. To be 100% honest with you, I think it's because Zlatan was so good at being the heel and specifically the heel to LAFC where it's like everything about those seasons was so good except for the way they played Galaxy. Yeah. And all, like the only thing you could point to to explain that was Zlatan, right? Mm-hmm. So like he's, he, I think he's still a major part of the reason LAFC have this have these ghosts that they're chasing against against Galaxy. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes you have to like you have to embrace being the A side. Like yeah. you have to yeah. embrace being the bad guy. You have to embrace being not necessarily a villain because I don't necessarily think that's the the right tone to set, right? But you have you have to basically be like I'm like 
And I think this is what Zlatan was actually very good at, right? And again, maybe, and to some people, it always comes off arrogant, but it's like, he's perfectly okay. And Kobe is the same way, right? He's, they're perfectly okay being the guy that everyone is coming for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know, outside of Chiellini, and Gareth Bale, for that matter, actually, I think as well, because that guy has taken flack yeah. all yeah. over the place, right? And maybe, and, and maybe that's why their presence is even more needed, right? Like those guys are perfectly okay to, you, you, you know, like, what is it? If you come for the, if you come for me, you best not miss. Yeah, right, right, right. Like that's it, you know, because again, those guys, those guys will are 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 guys that you know, again are not af- afraid of the, of, you know, of what what comes with. But the thing that I think we've always criticized like a guy like LeBron for, right, which is maybe that kind of falls into that Carlos Vela land, right, is a guy who's ultra-talented, yeah. does yeah. everything well, but isn't quite comfortable being disliked, mm-hmm. right, wants to be everyone, you know, wants to be the guy that everyone likes, he's joking around, da da da, da right, and then it, because you know, when he does these, like, you know, these, these, like, oh, it's zero dark 30 mode for playoff time. Yeah, it's, it it's feels, also it's, cliche. It's not, it's, yeah. it's not authentic, right? Yeah. Versus when it's Kobe, Kobe's made a career of being hated by everyone. Yeah. He loved being booed. You know, this is a guy that loved being booed in, in other arenas, right? Yeah. And, you know, you boo me, I drop 50, right? Yep. Who's, who's that guy on LAFC that, that loves the smoke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Really? Right? I don't. I mean, it, it would have to be Chiellini. It has to be, right? Like, and I, I don't, I, I think, I don't know that he kind of gets off on it in the same way that Kobe or, or some of these other guys do or did, right? I think Chiellini is just not phased by it. Yeah, it's all. for sure. Right? Because, because I know Chicharito is phased by it. Oh, so, th- so let's go ahead and get into that. This right? is why, this is why I start Murray. Okay, because first of all, Murray has been there all season. He's maybe it's Murray then. He, right? yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. He can definitely be the guy that sets the tone. I want two physical presences that are exceptional one v one in the middle, because to to be totally honest, Chicharito is very good at finding random pockets of space and then finding a way to to finish, and. Who do I trust more to put out those fires than Keelini and Murray on this team? Nobody. Like Segura, Segura is solid. I I don't want I don't want this to take away from him at all. He's been a centerpiece for this team since basically the beginning. Um, and had he been involved more this year, I probably wouldn't have the same opinion so strongly. But having those two play together, Murray and and Chiellini, plus having Murray be this physical presence that can throw Chicharito off his game. We've all seen it, right? Chicharito is, he tries to be, um, I'm not even, I'm not, you can't call, he, he doesn't try to be a heel. Um, he, I, I, how do you explain this? How do you, how do you properly explain this? He wants to be liked. He wants to score a bunch of goals. Yeah, that, I, that's fair, right? Minus the other worldly talent. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like it, it, again, it's, it's, he, 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 he screams needy. Needy. Needy's the word. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whereas Carlos Vela can't be bothered. Yeah. 
right? And sometimes in a very bad way. He, right. Carlos is too aloof. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. If if you're gonna go to like the most extreme versions of it, right? It's needy versus aloof in those two ways. I don't think Bella's phased by. I also don't. He, he's another guy. Like he hasn't really been phased by the moment, right? It's everyone around him that hasn't played well. And yeah, like not not really phased, but he can disappear, right? Yeah. I, I don't think have, I don't think that's he's part of his, his what he does. Yeah, well, he's an enigma. He's the enigma, right? Like he mm-hmm. he's not cratering in because of pressure or anything. He's just not. He's just not there, yeah. like mentally. Yeah, he may not be engaged for. I, and I again, years. I don't think that's the case this year. Everything that we've heard again, players are going to say what they have to say to the media, just like coaches. But everything that we've heard has been it's MLS Cup or bust, MLS Cup or bust, MLS Cup or bust. Um, and we see we've seen him turn it on in ways that we didn't anticipate, like in CCL, right? Uh, CCL Carlos was a different animal altogether. Um, and I don't see why he's, why he wouldn't do that in these playoffs based on like the messaging and everything that we've seen from him. But so to me, that's your center back partnership. I don't think you're going to have all that much trouble building out. So I, I don't really need Segura. I think Segura is a great option to have coming off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. especially if you want to ice a game and, and go to a back three or I mean a back five really. Um, you essentially have four center backs plus Cheeky Palacios out there, right? With Hollingshead. Um, so it's, it's to me, that's, that's the way you go. Um, but well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's one of those weird ones where it's super hard to predict. Again, you, what, what, everything that we're saying now could just be completely off base and, you know, they go a complete different direction, but yeah, again, I mean, I, I do feel that Steve Brendel has has that pragmatic bone in his body, whereas Bob was the you know, you could you it's not even anywhere. You, pragmatism yeah. is not a thing with him. Right? No, we're going to come out and we're going to be on the front foot at 100 miles an hour. Christian Bavone's going to have counterattacking opportunities yeah. in the first 10 minutes, and not even just 100 miles an hour with guys that aren't ready for the moment. Right. 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 You know, you're going to tell me you're going to do that with Giovinco and all these guys, you know, these these yeah, grizzled veterans yeah. that can do their thing. So be it. But to do it with, you know, head case, you know, Brian Rodriguez and Andre Orta, or, you know, you, yeah, name, yeah. you name said player who wasn't ready for the, who wasn't ready for it, you know, again, like what are you supposed to do? Yep. Right. Versus, again, like I do, I do think this team is. Again, it's one of those things that I don't think they go, like you were saying, they don't actively go out looking for the smoke the way that a Zlatan or a Kobe would, but they're very much willing to bathe in it, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Gareth Bale's broke my heart far more times than I, I would like to admit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a player that can produce big moments, like you have plenty of them on this team. Uh, and again, you're bringing it, it's, it's on the wing, right? Uh, I think this is what concerns me most is, if you are so again, that kind of nightmare scenario, you give you give away an early goal, you get one back, and then you concede again, and you're down two one, chasing for 35, 40 minutes in the second half. You don't have a midfielder that you can bring in to help. You don't have a fullback that you can bring in to help, really. I mean, Escobar maybe, maybe he's more attacking than Hollingshead, but from what we've seen the past couple months, he hasn't been, right? So all you can do is bring in more wingers. That's that's the problem to me is you can't 
you can't change the game in a major way offensively with the subs that you have at your disposal um, in the midfield, at least. Now, if it were me and we're down 2-1, I'm probably taking off Sifu and just putting on and putting Gareth Bale on again, if he's healthy and playing him there, or I'm, you know, moving Bowanga into the mid, I'm sure Bowanga could do the job. I'm sure Teo could do the job in the midfield for 30 minutes as you're pressing for a goal. Um, but that, I think that's my, that's my concern there is you, you have players that can produce big moments, but it's not like you're going to be bringing them off the bench to fix a midfield or whatever. So yeah. anyway, you're going to, again, some somewhat similar. I mean, again, I think if, if you're, you don't necessarily have to change formations, right? but there's just a, a lot of guys in the same positions if you're really trying to get something more, but it's not yeah. the same situation as the galaxy are in where they actually yeah. have to shift completely to get their next, their next best yep. score in the game. Yep. Um, you know, but at the same time, again, you do want to think, okay, how does it all fit? Okay, you could play like a four-two-three-one, right? Play Bella in the hole and just match up in the midfield, right? Let him yeah. let him distribute and let everyone else sit deep, right? You know, but it's weird just because again, I think you've you've we've seen enough of this team with Bella playing in these weird, you know, in, a, in kind of a free roll, you know, and and guys sitting deeper that you know, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to. to Try something of that nature, and when it really makes, you know, when it comes down to it, at least in this situation, you don't have to play Buanga at left wing back, right? Yeah, yeah, or right. Whatever, some weird, right. something extremely weird. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, I'm not, I'm not predicting this game. No, I feel like that's bad juju. Nope, especially the day before. <laughs> Maybe you had asked me last Sunday, I would have thrown something out there, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's not in good form. So we'd love to hear from everybody. You can tweet at us all day tomorrow. Uh, I don't have any surgeries tomorrow, so I have all day to stew over this. Uh, I'm going to have to be watching from the practice field on my phone for the first hour or so. So that's not the greatest, but uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, hopefully with some good news, huh? Yeah. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. Oh, you Josh on Twitter. All right. Again, we'll talk to you all tomorrow night. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody's happy.